Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Recall the Midwife, where we, three Call the Midwife superfans, discuss each episode, and today is episode one, series one. But first, let us tell you about ourselves. Uh, my name's Alex, um, and I got into Call the Midwife in a quite novel way. Um, I had a baby myself, and... Um, well, it didn't quite go as well as it could have. And um, basically, I had PTSD and was advised by a professional to watch this show for a bit of a uh, aversion therapy. And um, it, I'm absolutely addicted to it now. And then we have Becky. So I got into Call the Midwife basically because Alex pressured me into watching it. I had no interest <laughs> in watching it beforehand. Um, and I will say I was put off by the whole midwife babies every week concept. Um, but helped by a global pandemic, I soon became addicted to it and binge watched 10 series in quite quick succession. And we also have Jen. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm sure you can tell by the sound of my voice that I am American. And I actually uh, met Bex and Alex when I did a study abroad year in the UK. And we've been friends ever since. And I got into Call the Midwife um, because of these two. But I will say my mom has been a super fan of Call the Midwife for a long time. So I would kind of watch episodes here and there with her, but never the full series. And so I'm kind of the brand new one joining the group. Um, I haven't seen the series all the way through. So there's still a lot of things will be a surprise for me. And I'm really excited about this. So I just want to give a brief disclaimer before we start. Um, the show is appropriate for everyone, but just to make sure that we're all aware, the show deals with um, a lot of really tough concepts and human experiences, um, including, you know, childbirth, aging, sometimes death, you know, some really, you know, kind of traumatic experiences in life. So just to be aware that if those are things that are uncomfortable for you or you're not ready for that at this time, you know, you can always skip ahead to a different episode or come back later if you'd like. Okay, 
You're so American. Right. <laughs> You're so good at it, though. <laughs> Are we ready, ladies? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, the first episode, series one, it's basically, I'll just do a quick recap, that it's set in 1957 in Poplar in uh, in London, which was very, uh, should we say, deprived at the time. It's um, a housing development, right? Uh, like, no, a, no, like a no, council Poplar's estate? Just, no, it's just a district of London. Oh, Okay. Okay, yeah. that's good context for me. Um, so uh, it's basically following Jenny Lee, who is a brand new midwife, um, basically, and we're being introduced to everywhere when she is. So basically you're following her story. And the uh, the voiceover is her, an old Jenny Lee, talking about how she was uh, being a midwife growing up and how it was all going. So that's how it's all put together. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you would know that anyway, because you will obviously be a fan. Um, so... So we've all got notes that we've written on our... But I've watched this episode about 65 times, and not just for this, like, I just love it. I so, do have yeah. to say, I do have to say, and this is a spoiler, because at some point Jenny Lee leaves the series, it annoys me that her older voiceover is still narrating the series. Same, same. I feel like, how does she know what's going on? It should have... She gets letters. She gets letters from Trixie and... <laughs> I feel like they should have left the voiceover person. It's just an anonymous, we don't know who it was, but one of them is talking about everything that went on. It would have been better being Trixie. Maybe yeah, Re- Vanessa Redgrave like really needed the paycheck and she just didn't want to like true. leave she's, or whatever. She's a, just a job in actor, isn't she? So. <laughs> just a run of the mill, you know. Yeah. Right. So um, obviously at first it's got the train music which I, I know it sounds weird I've written train music on my notes that makes it sound mental but like I feel like they've done this particularly like it's quite a fast piano pace fast pace and like it's got the sounds of the industry industrial bit there because obviously there's a big port there as well isn't there mm-hmm. um, and I feel like they're trying to make you think like it's a journey she's on that's what I think anyway oh. I mean, going too far too delved too far into it no, I think that's exactly right. I definitely felt like when you watched, when you started the first episode that, I mean, again, not to like belabor the point, but like I moved to the UK for the study abroad year when I was 19, about to turn 20. And there's this definite feeling of like, okay, you know, like completely something she's never, you know, done before, like something brand new, like we're all going to discover this together. And then kind of being introduced to this, you know, really eclectic group of characters. Um, I thought it really just dropped I thought it really just dropped me in there like right exactly where you needed to be because I had no I I will tell you I thought I knew what this show was about when I started watching it I did not really know what this show is about and I feel like Jenny is the perfect protagonist to kind of like just because her mind gets blown over and over and over again and that beginning I think sets it up perfectly for that couldn't have said it better myself Bex I think as well, when Jenny Lee first um, comes into it, she's kind of walking through the docks and she's getting a lot of looks from all of the dock workers. They're all looking her up and down. But then when it cuts to she's got her midwife uniform on, it's kind of like she just blends into the background. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good observation. Mm-hmm. Well, also, don't you don't you feel like, and this is, again, alluding to other episodes, but I feel like Jenny, like, and maybe this is because she wrote the book that inspired the show so she had to get it in there but I feel like she, her character is meant to be fit like she's like 
there's I feel like a lot of comments about well, she oh, said I could have been a model I could have yeah, been, like, been an actress I could have been anything where like you have to be extremely beautiful and like everyone loves you and thinks you're so gorgeous and like wants to date you and all this kind of stuff and I was like okay Jenny like I mean the girl who plays Jenny is really she is a very pretty girl but it just makes me lol when that's in the script and I just <laughs> like yeah, okay been hon, we, we get it we get it yeah you're gorgeous okay we get it you know I chose to come here to this slum <laughs> and deal with all these scummy people which I mean we're not saying they're scummy but you know that's no they are I'm like I'm not being funny but the first scene is the fight scene <laughs> between a heavily pregnant woman who's got the clap um, and then no, some, she was and pregnant the until really the end of that fight when all of a sudden you know the is it sister Evangeline that comes up yeah. to her yeah, yeah. That, was, that was a good reveal yeah, but I think that's a really good introduction to sister Evangelina as well because she's hard as nails and the yeah. police were there with no effect at all. But Sister mm-hmm. Evangelina was the one who was able to like break it up. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. She's a legend. She's, oh my God, Sister Evangelina. So but even then, when, so after they finished the fight, so in the f- first scene, if you've not seen it or if you're, you know, just kept remembering, the first scene is uh, basically Pearl, this heavily pregnant, right, Roman, let's be honest, um, <laughs> having, a, having a big fight with someone who's having an affair with her husband. And they're like, mm. she's probably like ripping her clothes and stuff and the police can't do anything. But then uh, Sister Evangelina's there like, oh, I break it up, sorts it out. And then she takes Pearl upstairs to get, you know, obviously she's a midwife, so she's coming to check on her. But even then she's like pats her on the back, like showing a caring side to her. So she's hard as nails, but also very caring. I thought it was a very good scene. Nothing to add anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I want Bex to say something because you've had some really good insights on this. I want to hear what you think. I No, I don't on this bit. <laughs> okay, well, can we just get to when Jenny meets Monica Joan for the first time? Because um, the one of the f- things I love about that scene is the looking around for cake and then finding it in a tin. And she's like, oh, they always hide things from me. And at first I was like, oh, that's so rude that they hide things. But obviously, again, this is something you're going to learn when you watch the episode. That woman is voracious. She eats apparently 10 loaves of bread a day. She eats five cakes. She eats, I mean, like unbelievable digestive system to be able to gobble down that much stuff like that. And if you look at the tit, and so Monica Joan greets Jenny, but doesn't give her like any context of like what she's supposed to do, who she's supposed to meet, where she's supposed to go. She's literally like, oh, just someone now I can like justify like eating cake and tea with. And so they do that for like three hours. And then finally the other girls come in, girls, adult women who are like both nuns and midwives. And then it gets going. But I don't know, man, something about- Can I just say on that? Because I thought about it later. Well, number one, I've got two points on this. Mrs. Uh B makes the cakes. Where the F is Mrs. B? I've never seen her. That's such a good point. Yeah, I know. It really annoys me. I thought the other, I thought the other like nuns and stuff were doing the cooking. It's it's Mrs. B. It's it's a lady- I mean, this is one of the main things I love about Call Midwife is the amount of tea and cakes that is consumed. Oh, my Um, God. Scones. And (laughs) I also love a cold spread. Mm. (laughs) By the way, Becky's time travelled from 1957 (laughs) to come to this podcast today. That's actually very accurate. You know what, though? I will tell you, like, like Call of the Midwife continues a long tradition of, like, shows about women where a big feature of the time that the women spend together is just, like, eating and drinking. And I think I love that because 
Because that, that is, is actually a true depiction though. That's what we do. It is so true. I mean, if you are a woman in this world, the best thing you can do is get together with a group of your girlfriends and eat like a big, huge cake, a big, huge meal, a big, like 10 bottles of wine, whatever it is. I mean, just like, let your hair down, let loose gals. Like, yes, 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 yes. And I'm glad to see that they were doing it back then too. I mean, I think it's a time honor tradition. <laughs> well, hang on, I've got a second point on this cake, Sister Monica Joan. Yeah. The audacity of the set. I've put, I've written selfish and then a swear word because <laughs> she, I'm not being funny. She's just sat there all day. Like she prays a bit, but that's about it. Whereas the rest yeah. of the world. She, but she's earned her. I yeah, mean, she, but they're cycling around every time. 10 miles think, or something. Then I'm in a Evangelina has earned the cake. the cake. Yeah, the whole cake, by the way, because when there's a shot, if you look and you pause the episode, that there's like definitely at least three quarters of the cake there, at least. And it's I mean, gone by the end. I love cake, but I do think it is a stretch that they could have eaten that without it becoming <laughs> just <laughs> but I without just like the throwing audacity, up the, the audacity of Sister Monica Joan. Well, oh, but I love Sister Monica Joan. I know we all we all will love her, but I mean, okay, mm. Sister Monica Joan is like a complicated character that will I have complicated we'll get... feelings about her. Yeah, she she got. I will say she comes in and out for me, and we're gonna have to talk about her more in detail as yeah. we get to know her. But for the first episode, she's kind of a zany. She's just kind of presented as like a zany old nun that you know used to like do all the work and everything. Um, okay, so we have to talk about the patients, mothers, expected mothers, mothers that are gonna mothers. be because yeah. very good. Um, because again, like I said at the beginning, okay, you you. You, you start the show all right you get you get the little you know the handwriting over the top of the screen the beautiful music call the midwife you see these beautiful young christine women on bicycles you know with their like perfect little gowns and everything and then you're bam thrown in the deep end okay they don't waste any time all of a sudden you have a mom jenny's first case she goes to this woman's house the woman has 24 children are we like this- we can't we can't we this, can't gloss over that the woman has this two is my dozen children two dozen children okay human births that she's given and i don't think she has a single stretch mark no 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 one ever has stretch marks Mm-mm. no no and what was the other what was the other one? Oh, the other one <laughs> is and like is the woman that gives birth in her in her bedroom which is which is incredibly I mean everybody gives birth basically in their bedroom on this show but um the baby comes and all of a sudden they start hearing all this rattling and then the whole chimney explodes yeah I thought the baby was going to be dead I'm not gonna lie I was like oh my god that baby's dead and they were like laughing ha ah, it's just asleep well yeah, and Evangeline is like oh I'm gonna kill that ch-. like what's the word chimney sweep she's like I'm gonna have him oh uh, you know did no one like oh I just I can't I just couldn't get over that I was like this is the most unsanitary thing I have ever seen in my whole life and not only is there a newborn baby in the mix all of that mother's like bits are out you know what I mean like she's the most exposed I, I just I I was shocked I mean it was presented this as is a very hilarious scene but I was like what I couldn't believe this it. is the birth where um Jenny Lee first finds that they line the mattresses with newspaper um, for when the waters break. Now, I will say, newspaper is not going to do anything. No, <laughs> no. My friend gave birth and at home in bed, and they literally had to throw the whole bed out, like it was just like a crime scene. They were like this, like 
newspaper ain't gonna save anything no no I mean the people in Poplar should literally be buying like mattresses in bulk at this point like they should be going to every like Labor Day sale President's Day sale you know Memorial Day sale mattress a store I mean we don't have Labor Day here well okay bank holiday sale or President's Day I don't know what <laughs> Queen's Day whatever sale days you guys have okay you guys have to, like these women all just need to buy fresh mattress I mean can you imagine like anyway I'm not gonna say it but like just it yeah just absolutely well, think about Mrs Warren's mattress she's had 24 kids oh my god and the other things they do on that mattress like well hang on let's talk about the Warrens so like a rabbit <laughs> Warren there's 24 of them maybe they named them like that anyway yeah. um the fact that we've completely glossed over the fact that Mr Warren basically brought a child bride over from another country mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. and also that conversation all the nuns are like oh yeah well, she may have been even younger, Sister Julian says, laughing, like, lols, he's a predator. Like, <laughs> how is oh, that and okay? Way, and the way that they describe it is that he was there, like, in the while he was in the military. It's like, everyone needs a souvenir when they come home, you know what I mean? Like, he just brought that lady. He like brought a child bride. <laughs> you know, listen, who can blame him? I mean, the heart wants what the heart wants. And this guy's heart wanted, you know, a, like, a very young teenager to be, you know, that he couldn't speak to, by the way, because they don't have the same language. Um, but this annoys me because neither of them have picked up a word of English or Spanish in all the years that they've been having children together and living together, apparently shocking. madly in love. Shocking. Like, shocking. surely you would have picked up some of the other person's language. They've got language also, of love, Becky. Um, that Talk about, like, the most horrible... Like, like where the magic happens and language of love are two of the worst phrases ever invented in the English <laughs> language. Like they are absolutely diametrically opposed to what they intend to mean. And I, I, oh my gosh, they send shivers down my spine. The language of love is just the most horrifying thing I've ever heard. I don't, I never want to speak the language of love ever. Yeah, but what they do have is their eldest daughter who translates for them both, changes Denise's nappies, does all the kids' tea, looks after all the kids, gets her, she also finds time to go to school. And what was that uh, rod she had from Home Ec? Icing rod. It was her icing rod that fed the baby. So they basically just rely on their eldest as like cheap labour or free Mm -hmm. labour. So she has a premature baby in the storyline. That baby would have not survived. I'm sorry. Well, Jenny didn't think it would. She left it on the side, didn't she, until its legs started moving. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, yeah but that's right. Even, even so, it, it just absolutely wouldn't have survived. 
True. No. Hang on, we need to put a bit of context here. So Conchita is the Spanish lady who has the 24 kids. Um, so yeah. She's had 20 births, two were twins. Um, she's so never lost she, one. Yeah. Um, so basically she goes into labour prematurely, very prematurely. Do you know what really annoyed me, actually? The dad, the paedophile, let's just call him Peter, let's, you know, let's call it what it is. Um, he rang up the midwives and was like, oh, she's fallen over in the guard, in the in the yard. And they're like, oh, well, you need to get an ambulance. And he's like, well, it's too it's too dark because uh, there's a big storm or whatever. No, it's not a storm. What is it? Fog. No, it's the smog. The smog, yes. Oh, the smog, yeah. And he's like, oh, there's a big, there's a big smog. No one can see anything. You can't even see your hand in front of your face. And she's like, well, yeah, I'd ring the doctor. And he's like, no, see, it's too late for the doctor. I'm ringing you because uh, she's in labour now. Why is that not the first thing he said on the phone? To the midwives, like, oh, she's yeah. in labor now, not like oh, yeah. she's fallen in the yard. That annoyed me. Well, and also let's let's just like not forget that Jenny goes to visit her for an initial visit, and she finds that Conchita has swollen ankles, which she thinks is a concerning symptom of eclampsia. And she's like, you know, her ankles are swollen. I really think she needs to go see the doctor. Like, this could be a really issue. And he's like, no, 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 she's fine. Just you know, like, oh, well, she'll be okay. And it's like, well, you know, and then he says, well, you know, maybe she can get rid of it like in another way. And she's like, well, could she find some time to sit down and like put her feet up? He's like, oh, I don't think that's going to happen. No, no, no. Like she's too, I mean, she's got 40 kids to raise. Like, you know, I mean, so like it was like, it was already set up. So when she fell over, like, I definitely felt like it was alluding to the fact that something was really wrong. And it's like, you know, then, so that's when I think he, he pushes as well for that. Yeah. So anyway, so she then goes into really early labor. How how long? They said she had like 12 weeks to go, didn't they? So I can't, my math. Is, is, that, is, she, is that 28 weeks then? She's 28 weeks or 30 weeks? Let's say it's somewhere around there, I think. Yeah, 28, yeah. 30 weeks. So anyway, so she goes into labor and it is the most brutal labor scene I've ever seen in my whole entire life. So basically Ooh. what they're saying is she has a concussion as well. So she's like screaming the house. It's actually brute, isn't it? Really brutal. Mm. Um. Mm-hmm. So then she has this tiny little baby that they say looks like a kipping or a kipper or something, like kipper bones or something. Um, <laughs> and then they think the baby's dead, but then yes. the baby's not dead. But she's left, Jenny Lee's left it on like the side. And uh, <laughs> I mean, carefully, like she didn't just like put it, you know, like, yeah. I mean, it's, well, she do you know it- what else got me? Their room had quite a lot of room in it. Someone with 20 kids, like how big was that house? Like where the hell do all the kids sleep if they've got enough room for that oh, furniture ha- in their room? They had, yeah, you they would had think the, they would they have had the, kids in. They had them. the baby from the previous, that like her last baby was just sat, sat in the hallway in the pram. Did you remember when when he, when she yeah. walks by that on the way up? She's like, yeah, oh, Denise. there's another one. Uh-huh. But well, I, I have just, to say, there are just babies in knitted clothing everywhere. Just sat in prams. Yeah. In the street, in hallways, in stairwells. Oh, yeah. It's true. It's like the real access. They're like the real extras of uh, Call the Midwife, aren't they? Yeah, knitted, well, have a baby though in knitted in a knitted outfit. Yeah, apparently you can just put your baby anywhere in 1957 London. Like it doesn't matter. You can just like bring it to the shop and be like, "Okay, I'll be back later after I picked up my dry cleaning," and that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> you know. Now, something also happened in Conchita's labor, which is a real sticking point for me. Okay. So, if any of the list, the writers are listening. To this which obviously they will be which obviously they will be yeah, yeah. i mean i'm there. assuming the whole cast and crew are going to be like riveted from the moment this yeah, gets published of course, so of i course. think that's yeah uh-huh um but also the thing that really annoys me is so she had this awful labor and everything was horrendous and then the dad said mr warren the pedophile said um when how easily will it come away right 
<laughs> I know what you're going to say. The word come away are used constantly when it comes to abortion or miscarriage or when will it come away? When will it come away? Not once in my life have I ever thought or have referenced anything to do with when will it come away? That is the last phrase that would ever come to my mind when asking, you know, a question to a, to a midwife or a nurse or a doctor or anything like that. Yeah. So the fact that every single character, when they have a miscarriage or a, a botched abortion or anything like this, says, has it come away or when will it come away or... It just drives me absolutely mad. So this is the first klaxon of Come Away and we will have many more klaxons because it really annoys me. Get some new phraseology. Well, do you, think it, do you think it's for the time period that that's why they say that? Well, I doubt it. Well, every single flame in one. Like, it's not a, a famous uh, phrase that I've heard. Is it a phrase you've heard, Bex? Do you think it's just it's the least triggering way of saying yeah, what they're trying change to Change it up, writers. Come on. <laughs> You'd think they would find, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. It strikes me as like one way they're trying to kind of like make something. I mean, the thing is there's already so much that's like out in the open that's really rough about the way that they talk about all this stuff. Maybe they're trying to kind of soften. I don't what care. Yeah, I think they're trying, to, they're trying to say what's going on without saying what's going on. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry, but you need to change your phraseology because that is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm done with it. It annoys me. And we've got a klaxon for it now. All right. So every time someone says come away, um, we're going to make a little I'm going to highlight it and send it to them and be like, stop it. (laughs) Uh, Right. Now, also, the other thing that uh, happened when uh, when Conchita gave birth to her 25th child, her son, by the way, Mm -hmm. uh, we'll talk about what happened with the son in a minute. But we got introduced for the first time to... Dr. Turner! Dr. Turner! Oh, I love Dr. Turner. I mean, yeah, he's... Don't we all love Dr. Turner? I mean, he's single-handedly the only doctor in Poplar, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, definitely the only doctor. If only he was around while coronavirus came up, he's retired. Well, he would have prevented it. Well, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Dr. Fauci has nothing on Dr. Turner. Like, you know, forget it. He would have been able to handle the whole thing. And apparently he's a single dad and yet works like 800 hours a week and can like do everything. And I mean, I will say he does look a little bit tired. Like he's, he's definitely supposed to be a middle-aged man, but I mean, he really always presents in a very kind of rumpled, (laughs) like I slept in these type of, you know, kind of vibe. To be fair as well, in 1957, like child neglect was just the norm. (laughs) Like (laughs) Timothy's there just like hanging around, you know. Yeah. He does seem quiet. He does seem always to be on call. There's never another doctor that steps in because it's Dr. Turner's day off. No, no. I will say during Conchita's birth, they do have, I think it's is it EMTs or paramedics come oh no it's the isn't it the flying squad okay what what are the flying squad I just thought they were like paramedics but well it's the flying squad is well they are I guess it's like a mobile unit specifically for childbirth but the flying squad isn't that like a reference back to the war oh I thought you know what I'm really thick I thought it just meant they were in in a helicopter with a helicopter? Fly four miles across <laughs> London to like go and, into and the then put down the helicopter in the middle of uh, like heavily populated poplar. Oh, the, the hang on, hang on, I'm googling this. 
the helicopter would have landed on the roof and then crushed the whole building. Like, like Poplar was basically built like on like matchsticks or whatever. I mean, that that structure is not really that stable. Right. Their obstetric emergency service, the flying squad. Okay. It absolutely tells you nothing. So you carry on and I'll... uh... Okay. Well, I will say this. I, when Conchita says the thing about how, you know, okay. So when the flying squad comes, they say, you know, the, the baby's come, they're assessing the baby, they're assessing the mother. And they're like, look, she has to go to the hospital. The baby has to go to the hospital. Um, but it's really, really, really important that the baby goes to the hospital because we've got to give this child some interventive care. And <clears throat> immediately she says in Spanish, no, 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 I'm not doing that. Um, you know, this, I know, I know best. I'm the baby's mother. So the baby stays with me. And they're like, Ooh, I don't really think that's a great idea. And then the dad, or maybe, I don't know. I don't know if someone seconds her opinion, but anyways, they, you know, after, after she advocates more, she's, you know, they decide the baby's going to stay with her. And I turned to my mother when we were watching the episode and I was like, this is literally why like AMA documents were created, like against medical advice, like literally was born out of clients like this like I'm not saying she was right or wrong for her decision but well, definitely I think you'll find like, she was right because spoiler alert the baby's totally fine because of an well, icing uh stick or whatever that's rod icing rod yeah uh, by the way just really quick the flying squad is called that is because the unit operated across London without adhering to divisional policy policing boundaries so basically it has nothing to do with the helicopter I am thick carry on <laughs> Well, tell us something we don't know, Alex. Um, but would they, would they not have intervened and said, no, this premature baby has to go to hospital? And not just to any hospital, but Great Ormond Street, which is like a world-renowned children's hospital. Yeah, but it probably wasn't world-renowned then. Well, I think... I think she didn't know English child, facts. I think if the child was in, like, um, like, dire, dire straits, then they would have been able to override her because of some, you know, provision. But I, I don't think the kid was that bad off. I think they were just kind of you know what I mean it was it was definitely a gray area it made me uncomfortable I'm not gonna say it didn't I I really at that point I did not trust this woman to be really the most reliable you know also this woman who's still got concussion well and she and she and I mean is she really understanding the medical situation that both her and her child are in I mean is something like is the dad or the daughter really communicating that properly I mean to be fair she was right because the baby basically started putting weight on it. She was the baby. She was like, I'm the baby's hospital. So what she did was she just popped the baby into a little robe, <laughs> just lying <laughs> naked on her, and then yeah. um, and, and gave it some milk every half hour on an icing rod. And this baby survived. Yeah. So he's probably yeah. walking around London right now. He is. And he's he's 70 years old telling the story. Of, and he doesn't know any of his siblings because they all were, you know, well, some of them speak Spanish and some of them speak English, so. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> Although um, the baby did do the cutest little sneeze, even though it was like premature, it was cute. Well, and, and this this is something to say. This this show has amazingly cute kids on it. I mean, if you if you have an interest in cute kids, that doesn't sound right. But I'm just saying, if you think, <laughs> like, the babies on here are really cute, the kids on here are really cute, and the thing that's really adorable is they're all dressed in these really, I mean, like Beck said, really adorable, like, little knitted outfits, like, they've got the little pitiful dresses, like, you know, I mean, it's, they're very, very, very cute little kiddos Twins. on the show. It's and head to wear. Head to note tone it wear. And the other thing about this show, which I think kind of rounds out what we've been talking about this whole episode, is that this one, the parents' choices had good outcomes, but the show will show you over time that 
you know, these decisions are a very gray area because sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. And yeah. sometimes they're going to validate parents' choices or, you know, the expectant yeah. mothers or whatever. I do think and sometimes actually, they're not, which I think is very fair and good that they do that. I do think that the Jenny Lee storyline with this Conchita mum was there, like, obviously Jenny was right with the preeclampsia and all that. Mm-hmm. All the training in the world was, like, really helping her there. But also it, I kind of think it was quite good to show her, because obviously she was only new, wasn't she? To like mm-hmm. show her that you can have all the training in the world, but if you've got 25 kids, you know what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? Like, I thought it was it's also good. very, it's also very rose tinted. Like there was a good outcome, but I think realistically there wouldn't have been. Oh yeah. But you know, we don't want to watch that on a Sunday night, do we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and, 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 th- and they'll have bad outcomes later on. So I think they were trying to kind of, you know, ease us in gently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also you mean they're introducing Jenny as well. So I think it's quite, you know, and also Pearl, that bit with Pearl, because Pearl also lost the baby because she had the clap. That's just awful. Now, just yeah. reducing it to that as a storyline, just explain it like that's horrible. Uh, oh, but it's yeah. true. In the storyline, she had the clap and she lost the baby because her husband was basically awful. Um, but anyway, the bit I really liked was when Jenny went up to her flat and um, and she was already like feeling really, you know, Jenny didn't like the dirt and was all a bit complaining mm. about it. But she then was very like, judgmental of this lady at the yeah. start. yeah. But then at the end, she was like, you know, you know, I think you're all heroines and all this. But Pearl was just so stoic. Like, she was obviously really upset. She just lost a baby. Like, mm-hmm. you know, she had milk coming out of her still from a baby she didn't have. And she was like, oh, you just got to keep going, haven't you? And I just thought, oh, God, how bleak. This is mm-hmm. bleak. <laughs> well, yeah, that was that was definitely like, and each episode has those highs and lows where you see something work out and then you potentially see something that doesn't work out. And it's, I think it's a really good balance because... I think it's very often that, you know, a lot of these stories get really, you know, like everyone wants to hear the happy stories of like the miraculous recoveries and all that kind of stuff, but that's not really how life is. And the show really does a good job of showing the reality and the fact that, you know, it's not always just like rosy, easy coconut cake afternoons, you know? Now I do know somebody who thought they were having an adverse reaction to their COVID vaccine, but it turns out they had also contracted (laughs) syphilis. So it's easily done, apparently. Um, I didn't. I did not even think syphilis still existed, which is which is on me. Again, this is this is my my stupid moment where I was like, why wouldn't it still exist? But can I just I say, Jen, it is not typical of the UK. I also did not know <laughs> about this. This is not a UK. Well, maybe it is, but it's not in my circles. Carry on, Beck. Sorry. <laughs> well, apparently there's an outbreak in the Bristol area, so oh. take. Care. Well, this is and a apparently- to everyone around Bristol. Just be careful, <laughs> syphilis. What a way to end. And apparently, season. and Bex knows patient zero, so that's a really <laughs> takeaway. Okay, so wait, just one last thing. I'm going to say my my hero comment of the week or my hero moment of this episode. To and I'm so glad you brought up Pearl's storyline because I had forgotten about it. And this is where Sister Evangeline really kind of won me over because she was so tough in the beginning of the episode. Is where she says about Pearl because Jenny's kind of complaining that you know she's you know she's like how could she let this happen to her like how could she like have a baby and have some, you know did it like like she, like she's really blaming Pearl for the situation that she's in. And Sister Evangeline says um, she's not used to to um, caring about herself or having anyone care about her. and I I'm telling you this show will get you every single time and that that comment really really got me and it really reframed it for Jenny too I think and it it was so humanizing and so sweet and that's my that was my special moment that's true but who's the zero I'll tell you I think the zero of the week is well it's between two things 
Okay. Syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> Always a zero. Historically yeah. a zero. It's never going to be the hero, is it? <laughs> or the pedo dad. Like, you know what I mean? There's two, there's two quite bad zeros there. Should we give them a joint yeah. zero of the week together? Yeah, I think syphilis yeah. might edge out the pedo dad. But I mean, you know, just in terms of like volume of destruction. But, um, but yeah, I think those were not great. Bex, hero, zero? Yeah, I think I would agree with both of you on both those counts as it should be i love it well thank you very much for listening hopefully we didn't bore you or confuse you or annoy you hopefully you'll listen to number two and we'll see you next week thank you for listening bye Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.